0: are listening to the mystical city of god in a year podcast i'm father edward looney and throughout the year i'm reading from the four volume over 2500 page work by the venerable maria of Agreda. if you would like to share your own thoughts and insights about today's readings head on over to facebook and there you'll find the mystical city of god in a Year podcast page and be able to interact with others who are listening and following along let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 242. And we are reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 14, paragraphs 537 to 544. 537. Seeing him thus beside himself, Lucifer inspired him with the thought of hunting up the priests, returning to them the money and confessing his sin. This Judas hastened to do, and he loudly shouted at them those words, I have sinned, betraying innocent blood. Matthew twenty-seven four. But they, not less hardened, answered that he should have seen to that before. The intention of the demon was to hinder the death of Christ, if possible, for reasons already given, and yet to be given. This repulse of the priests so full of the impious cruelty, took away all hope from Judas, and he persuaded himself that it was impossible to hinder the death of his master. So thought also the demon, although later on he made more efforts to forestall it through Pilate. But as Judas could be of no more use to him for his purpose, he augmented his distress and despair, persuading him that in order to avoid severe punishments, he must end his life. Judas yielded to this terrible deceit and rushing forth from the city, hung himself on a dried out fig tree. Matthew 27, 5. Thus, he that was the murderer of his creator became also his own murderer. This happened on Friday at 12 o'clock, three hours before our Savior died. It was not becoming that his death and the consummation of our redemption should coincide too closely with the execrable end of the traitorous disciple who uh, hated him with fiercest malice. 5.38 The demons at once took possession of the soul of Judas and brought it down to hell. His entrails burst from the body hanging upon the tree, Acts one eighteen all that saw this stupendous punishment of the perfidious and malicious disciple for his treason were filled with astonishment and dread. The body remained hanging by the neck for three days, exposed to the view of the public during that time, the Jews attempted to take it down from the tree and to bury it in secret. For it was a sight apt to cause great confusion to the Pharisees and priests, who could not refute such a testimony of his wickedness. But no efforts of theirs sufficed to drag or separate the body from its position on the tree until three days had passed when according to the dispensation of divine justice the demons themselves snatched the body from the tree and brought it to his soul in order that both might suffer eternal punishment in the profoundest abyss of hell. Since what I have been made to know of the pains and chastisements of Judas is worthy of fear-inspiring attention, I will, according to command, reveal what has been shown me concerning it. Among the obscure caverns of the infernal prisons was a very large one, arranged for more horrible chastisements than the others, and which was still unoccupied, for the demons had been unable to cast any soul into it, although their cruelty had induced them to attempt it many times from the time of Cain unto that day. All hell had remained astonished at the failure of these attempts, being entirely ignorant of the mystery until the arrival of the soul of Judas, which they readily succeeded in hurling and burying in this prison, never before occupied by any of the damned. The secret of it was that this cavern of greater torments and fiercer fires of hell from the creation of the world had been destined for those who, after having received baptism, would damn themselves by the neglect of the sacraments, the doctrines, the passion, and death of the Savior, and the intercession of his most holy mother. As Judas had been the first one who had so signally participated in these blessings, and as he had so fearfully misused them, He was also the first to suffer the torments of this place prepared for him and his imitators and followers. 539. This mystery I was commanded to reveal more particularly for a dreadful warning to all Christians, and especially to the priests, prelates, and religious, who are accustomed to treat with more familiarity the body and blood of Christ our Lord, and who by their offense and state are his closer friends." In order to avoid blame, I would like to find words and expressions sufficiently strong to make an impression on our unfeeling obduracy, so that we all may take a salutary warning and be filled with the fear of the punishments awaiting all bad Christians, according to the station each one of us occupies. The demons torment Judas with inexpressible cruelty, because he persisted in the betrayal of his master by whose passion and death they were vanquished and despoiled of the possession of the world. The wrath with which they had conceived against the Savior and his Blessed Mother they wreck as far as is allowed them on all those who imitate the traitorous disciple and who follow him in his contempt of the evangelical law of the sacraments and of the fruits of the redemption." And in this, the demons are but executing just punishment on those members of the mystical body of Christ, who have severed their connection with its head, Christ, and who have voluntarily drifted away and delivered themselves over to the accursed, hate, and implacable fury of his enemies. As the instruments of divine justice, they chastise the redeemed for their ingratitude toward their Redeemer. Let the children of the Church consider well this truth, for it cannot fail to move their hearts and induce them to evade such a lamentable fate. 540. During the whole course of the Passion, Lucifer, with his demons, moved about eagerly spying out all the circumstances of each event in order to ascertain whether Christ the Lord was really the Messiah and Redeemer of the world. On the one hand, the miracles seemed to argue the truth of his suspicions. On the other, very often, the doings and the sufferings, so much like those of weak human nature, Argued the contrary. The strongest argument for the truth of his suspicions was Lucifer's personal experience of the power of the Redeemer when he said, I am he, which caused him and all his associates to fall prostrate, annihilated in the presence of the Lord. And this had happened only a short time after he had been permitted to issue from hell, whether the demons had been hurled from the cenacle. It was true Mary had routed them from the hall of the Last Supper. Yet Lucifer, with his ministers, connected it with the power exercised by Jesus, and they could not but admit that the power of both mother and son was something altogether new and unexperienced by them. When he had received permission to rise from his fall in the garden, he conferred with the rest and expressed his opinion that this could not be merely human power, but without doubt the power of the one who is God, and at the same time man. If he shall die as we have planned, he will accomplish the redemption of man and satisfy the justice of God. Then our sway will cease, and all our intentions will be frustrated. We have erred in seeking his death. If now we cannot prevent his death, let us see how far his endurance will go and excite his enemies to torture him with most impious cruelty. Let us stir up their fury against him. Let us suggest to their minds new insults, affronts, ignominies, and torments to be inflicted upon his person. Let us drive them to vent upon him all their wealth in order to exhaust his patience, and let us carefully study the results. These proposals the demons sought to realize, although on account of the hidden mysteries alluded to above and to be mentioned later, numbers 579, 627, and 631, They found that not all of their plans succeeded. Whenever they incited the executioners to effect tortures, unbecoming his royal and divine person, the Lord would not permit such indignities farther than what was becoming, while he gave free scope to their inhuman barbatries and savage fury in all the rest. 541. The great lady of heaven, Mary, likewise interfered in order to curb the insolent malice of Lucifer for she was well aware of the designs of the infernal dragon. At times, she would make use of her sovereign power as queen to prevent some of the hellish suggestion to reach the ministers of the Passion. At others, she prevented their execution by her prayers, or she enlisted the service of her holy angels to drive away and confuse the persecutors of her son, those suffering which by her great wisdom she knew that her son wished to undergo she permitted fulfilling in all things the divine will. She knew all about the unhappy death of Judas, his torments, and place of imprisonment in hell, the bed of fire which he was to occupy for all eternity, as the master of hypocrisy and the leader of all those who were to deny Christ our Redeemer, as well in thought, as in their works who, according to Jeremiah 17, 3, leave the veins of living waters, that is Christ, and whose names are written and sealed upon the earth. Far from heaven, where are written the names of the predestined. All this the mother of mercy knew, and she wept over his fate most bitterly, praying for the welfare of men, and for their salvation from such great blindness and ruinous destruction, Yet, in all this, she conformed herself to the just and hidden decrees of divine providence instruction which the Queen of Heaven Mary gave me five forty two My daughter, thou art astonished, not without cause at what thou hast learned and recorded of the unhappy fate of Judas and of the fall of the apostles who were all disciples in the school of Christ, nursed at his breast by his doctrine by the example of his life and by his miracles, enjoying his sweetest and gentlest intercourse, and many other benefits of my assistance and in intercession. But I truly say to thee, if all the children of the church would attentively consider this example, they would find a salutary exhortation and warning in this mortal state of life against the danger surrounding them, even in the midst of the favors and blessings they continually receive at the hands of the Lord. All of them cannot be equal to seeing him with bodily eyes and having intercourse with him as the living image of all sanctity. The apostles received from me personal exhortations, and they were eyewitnesses of my blameless and holy conduct. They received great tokens of my kindness and my charity flowed directly from God through me upon them. If they, in the very act of receiving such favors, and in the very presence of their God and Savior, forgot all of them, and all of their obligation of corresponding to them, who then shall be so presumptuous in the mortal life as not to fear the danger of eternal ruin, no matter how many favors he has received from the Almighty, they were apostles chosen by their divine master, their true God, yet one of them fell lower than any other individual of the human race and the others failed in faith, the foundation of all virtue. Yet all this was conformable to the just judgment of the Most High. Why, then, should those who are not apostles be without fear, who have not so labored in the school of Christ, and who have not so merited my intercession? 5.43 Concerning the perdition of Judas and of his most just judgment thou hast written enough in order to set forth to what extremes a man can be brought by yielding to the vices and to the devil, and by refusing to hear and follow the pleading of grace. I moreover inform thee that not only the torments of the traitorous disciple Judas, but also those of many other Christians who condemn themselves and shall be sent to the same place of punishment, which was assigned to them and Judas from the beginning of the world are greater than the torments of many demons. For my most holy Son did not die for the angels, but for men, nor were the fruits and results of the redemption for the demon, but entirely at the disposal of the children of the church and the holy sacraments. The contempt for these incomparable benefits is not properly the sin of the devils, but of the Christians, and therefore they must expect a special and appropriate punishment for this contempt. The mistake of not having recognized Christ as the true God causes the deepest and most tormenting regret to Lucifer and his evil spirits for all eternity. Hence, on account of this error, they are filled with special wrath against those who were redeemed, particularly against the Christians, who derived the greatest benefits from the redemption of the blood of the Lamb. That is why the devils are so eager to cause forgetfulness and misuse of these graces in them, and why afterwards in hell they are permitted to vent so much the greater fury and wrath upon the wicked Christians. If it were not for the equitable dispositions of divine justice, by which these pains are proportioned to the guilty, they would wreak still fiercer vengeance upon them. But the goodness of the Lord extends even to this place and restrains the malice of the demons by his infinite power and wisdom. 544. In the fall of the other eleven apostles, I wish, my dearest, that thou learn the frailty of human nature, since even in such great blessings and favors received of the Lord, it easily falls into the habit of gross negligence and ingratitude, such as the apostles manifested in flying from their heavenly master and leaving him in a spirit of doubt. Men incur this danger from their earthly and sensuous inclinations, the result of past sins and of the habits formed by a terrestrial, carnal, and sensuous life, void of spirituality. On account of it, they desire and love the divine favors and benefits only in a carnal manner. As soon as they fail to find that kind of enjoyment in them, they turn to other sensible enjoyments, are moved by them, and lose the true conception of a spiritual life for they treat it and estimate it according to the low standard of mere sensuality. Hence the apostles, though they were so greatly favored by my most holy Son, fell into such great heedlessness and sins. For the miracles, the teachings, and the examples affected them only in sensible manner, and as they, in spite of their being, raised to justice and perfection, permitted themselves to be affected by them only outwardly, They were presently disturbed by temptation and yielded to it. They acted like men who had done little to penetrate into the mysteries and into the spirit of what they had seen and heard in the school of their master. By this example, my daughter, and by my teachings, thou oughtest to be well instructed, a spiritual disciple of mine, and not a terrestrial, accustoming thyself to despise more outwardness, even in favors bestowed upon thee by the Lord or myself, When thou receivest them, do not attach thyself merely to the material or sensible in them, but raise thy mind to the exalted and the spiritual contained therein, to that which is perceived by the interior and spiritual, and not by the animal senses. 1 Corinthians 2.14 If even the merely sensible can hinder the spiritual life, how much is this true of that which pertains altogether to earthly animal and carnal life? Clearly I desire... Of thee to forget and blot out of my faculties all images and remembrances of mere creatures, in order that thou mayest be fit to receive my salutary teaching and be capable of imitating me. This concludes our reading today for day number 242. We've been reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 14. Paragraphs 537 to 544. In today's reading, we hear of the fate of Judas. We knew it, of course, from the Gospel of St. Matthew, as it was referenced, Matthew 27, 4 to 5, that Judas hung himself from a tree. And as he then dies in this manner, what we would today call suicide, We hear of his fate, where he ends up. Now, I think it's very important today to draw this out, that where he ends up in hell is not because of the suicide, but it is because of his betrayal, handing over Jesus, his rejection of the spiritual, as we heard. There were so many things. The secret of it was that the cavern of greater torments and fiercer fires of hell from the creation of the world had been destined for those who, after having received baptism, would damn themselves by the neglect of the sacraments, the doctrines, the passion and death of the Savior, and the intercession of His Most Holy Mother. This is why Judas ends up there. There was for a long time that the salvation of those who had committed suicide was in question. But now, with a greater understanding of what might drive a person to that, we have great hope that they have a place in eternity. I always go back to one of the things Saint. Faustina said. She received in a revelation from Jesus that at the end of the, our lives, a person is given three opportunities to repent. And so for a person who might take their life, for a person who might take their life, I'm hopeful in that encounter that they have with the Lord. But the destination of Judas then, because of his betrayal of Jesus, we hear what hell is kind of like. We hear that there's this room reserved for kind of the most dejected. And that would be Judas, as we heard today. Jesus says that in his father's house, there are many rooms. And today we learn about the different rooms, you could say, of that place of the damned one of the visions of the children of fatima and the secrets of fatima was a vision of hell they were terrified mortified because of that vision they had the assurance that they would be going to heaven our lady promised it to them when they asked will i go to heaven will francisco go to heaven he has to pray many rosaries And so they knew that that would never be their place. We must listen to what Maria of Agreda writes today. We must listen to Our Lady of Fatima. And we must live our lives so that we might be spared the fires of hell and be led into the kingdom of heaven. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of The Mystical City of God, I'm grateful you joined me today and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.